Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. Going right now. Damon's Grill still exists. Where? Where is it though? Say it one more time. Damon's Grill still exists in. <laughs> and they want to sponsor this hey, show. What? Hazelton, Pennsylvania, five hours from here, and I'm probably going on Sunday. As long as the <laughs> weather cooperates. Do you know how good their nachos are? I've never been there. Okay, so this is apparently. You've never been to a Damon's? No, That's I mean, I'd walk past it in the New Philly Mall all the time, but yeah. we never stopped. That was mm. the one we were, my family and I, mm. we were there, yeah. sitting there. This is squad. This is solid gold squad content <laughs> right <laughs> now. The We used to go to the Damon's in Newtown Mall because we didn't own, we didn't have cable TV. Mm-hmm. We had a TV with rabbit ears, and we would, through the static, watch our sports. And then my dad would get sick of it and be like, I don't want to watch basketball. I want to watch football. And then we'd be, we'd all fight. And he'd be like, get in the car. We're going to Newtown Mall. <laughs> and then that way we could watch whatever we wow. wanted. Wow. Damon's was the solution. Damon's was it. wasn't it. just a place. It yes. It's also the reason I, Army. at the age of like 16, I weighed 300 pounds. So <laughs> we're eating there five nights a week. <laughs> uh, I would go there to play trivia. Yeah, we did mm. that too. That was fun. In Newtown Mall? Oh, no, no, no. This was in Twinsburg, Ohio, in their local Damon's establishment. Okay, so listen to the story about this place, and then I'll I'll tell you about another place that's similar. Damon's closed down. They They were sold. They sold in 2008. The company that bought them went under in 2009, Chapter 11, bankruptcy. And then this... Lone Damon's is the only one remaining. The entire corporation's gone. But these guys were like, no, we're keeping the theme. <laughs> we're keeping the title. If you look at the pictures of the place, it is a Damon's is in it? every way. And the food's identical. The dial what? for the audio on I hope so. TVs and one, everything. One, two, three, yeah. four. So you can, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, so because there's always four TVs. Mm-hmm. You get the four, one, two, three, four. And then you select... TV you want the audio from then you turn it up oh wow yeah that's right at neat. your table it, that's really cool it, it is yeah Mark's getting excited I Mark's thinking about skipping church on <laughs> Sunday to go with me to Pennsylvania um, I'm but, already thinking through the menu okay so the other place is I think you're aware of this one Italian oven the mm-hmm. Italian oven used to be in Canton and that was like my favorite chain restaurant because the pizza was so good stromboli was amazing their chicken spinach stromboli you kidding me <laughs> Um, we, there's, they went out of business around the same time as Damon's and 
they have one remaining location somewhere near Greensburg, PA. And yeah. I drive by it whenever we go to the Chestnut Ridge. It just oh. sits right right there. They kept the sign, kept mm-hmm. everything. Same name, but they're not a, officially like part of that corporation because yeah. they don't exist. Keepers of the flame. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. God bless them. They're out there doing the Lord's work. Fuddruckers. <laughs> I got into it last night, into like chain restaurant searching. <laughs> Fuddruckers also <laughs> exist all over the United States. In fact, it looks like they're growing. Uh, there's That's- a... There's at least like 50 or 60 locations. So the closest is in Michigan. About yeah, that's funny. The closest one to me growing up was in Flint, Michigan. That's where it is. Is that the that's one? the closest one, yeah. Oh, wow. There's one in Pennsylvania, a, but it's like six hours. A big deal back in the day. Fuddruckers is great. Yeah. There used to be one in Belton Village. You never had Fuddruckers? <laughs> no. Okay, so like Fuddruckers, Andy's, <laughs> Andy's going, Andy's just Andy's going to bed. Uh, the one in... Well, all Fuddruckers. Okay, you order, forget the hamburgers, whatever. It's fine. Okay. They're buns, first of all. They mm-hmm. bake them there. They yeah. bake them there, and they're a delightful treat. But you, I would get the hot dog, right? The jumbo, the jumbo dog. Okay. And then you take it over to that big old salad bar they call a condiment aisle. Okay. And you just dump everything on it, literally everything on it, until the tray was overflowing. I would also have a basket of french fries and a basket of onion rings. And you fill up as many of those little cups with yeah. the nacho, jalapeno nacho cheese. He had all those little stations yeah. that you could visit. It was a... Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're going to Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Here we come. Um, would it be weird? Show, to, right? I was going to say, would it be weird to do our next dudes weekend in Flint, Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't drink the water. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. They used to have a place in Flint called Auto World. Mm-hmm. It was in these like geodesic dome things mm-hmm. and it was taking you through the um like the G- General Motors plant experience oh. and like all the good things that um General Motors had done for the world. That's uh. like it was really wild. It was open for I don't know, probably twenty five years. I think GM sponsored the uh Land, what what is it? The land at Disney World. There's the one ride that you ride through, and it's almost identical to that. Yeah, and I very think reminiscent GM, to GM that. sponsored mm-hmm. that for a while. The one in Epcot. What is that called? I forget. Okay, it's this is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, monsters, and food. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined as always by my pal Mark Matsky. Hello, happy December, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes, happy welcome. Happy days. Uh, and we're joined as always by our pal, Heather Mosher. Hi. Thanks for getting it that time. I've been doing it normal for like three episodes now. Okay, well. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this week, we have things to talk about real quick at the top of the show. Everyone's favorite part. Uh, if you're a channel member on YouTube, you can go right now and watch the Olympic Bigfoot episode of beyond the trail ties into the discovery it's a really fun episode did you watch it Mark? i did watch it oh andy's in it There's i know i told him and he oh. said he shut it off at the point where he showed oh, up on no. camera he was out oh come on now you know what i i get it i shut it off when he showed up too <laughs> wow uh but yeah uh you can go watch that you can also watch the, the final what is probably the final episode of on the trail of hauntings which is now up to uh, the Heyman house episode of on the trail of hauntings starring heather mosser 
and the, <laughs> the small town monsters crew as they investigate the haunted location of the Heyman house mm-hmm. in Sutton, West Virginia, where a spirit box says my name. Mm-hmm. Les Odell joins us. Les joined by famed West Virginia investigator Les Odell. Mm-hmm. I recently learned there's a band called Spirit Box. I thought you were going to really? say there's a band called Les Odell. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going to. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spirit Box renamed themselves Les Odell. <laughs> what, what kind of music? Uh, like some heavy metal screamo sense. thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Andy's in that band. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's how he found out. Product placement. <laughs> so go uh, watch that stuff. You can also watch episodes of Monsteropolis ad free. When you're a member and longer, yes, you will. If you're watching this, you already saw us talk about Fuddruckers <laughs> and mm. Damon's and mm. uh, the fine food establishments of our not youth, our latter, our early 20s. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, <clears throat> Fuddruckers started for me like youth. It yeah. was true youth. I had birthday parties there. True youth Did as you well. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. True youth. Yeah. They had, they had an arcade at the <laughs> one in Belden Village. <laughs> wow. Hashtag true. true Ahead of the yeah. curve. Take okay. that showbiz pizza. Showbiz pizza. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. Oh no, it's we like went to yeah, showbiz. Yeah. I remember there was one up near. Oh, geez, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. This week's episode is about skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. The howl of the Rougarou. <laughs> nope. Sorry. It's, it's like muscle memory now. It's muscle memory. It just flows. So, yeah, Skinwalker colon. Howl of the Rougarou. That's not what this is about. No, though. this is about the true, oh. tried and true youth Skinwalker. <laughs> so uh, my daughter refuses to say Skinwalker. A lot of people refuse to say it, but mm-hmm. what she says is flesh pedestrian, which she got off of some sort of YouTube video, I think, but you know, flesh pedestrian. That checks out. It's safer to say that. Apparently, she, she I w- probably I would, watch the company in which she. I was going to say, that please term. don't say that term. <laughs> That's okay. All right. <sighs> I mean, at home, it's it's, it's one fu- thing. It's fine, oh my goodness. but among your peers, that no, might I, be a mistake. I, okay. All right. <laughs> I was totally thinking that it was just cute for. It's whatever. cute. It is cute. Uh, there's well, a you guys are making me think it's there. not. Well, I, no. I would say careful. in public, say, take caution. It's, just, it's a little questionable. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. Oh boy. All right. All so, right. Cool. Great. Monsteropolis episode one, one fifty one colon flesh pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already been stricken from iTunes because we violated the age appropriate. <laughs> All right. Valley <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the first E episode of Monstropolis. It is not. That would be the Adam Wingard episode, which I had, oh. to, had to mark as that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So <laughs> tell us yeah, who's wild. starting this off. Because, Who wants to? I mean, we, I would assume you both know way more than I do. I can go back to reading you like entries on Wikipedia if you guys want me to do that. I will say, I have a story. That I don't know that you guys have heard about <gasps> where I interviewed a man who claimed he had a skinwalker arm in a box and he brought it. I never looked at it because it smelled. The box smelled and I didn't want to look. At where where does, yeah. did this take place? Okay. I can't. 
I don't think I'm permitted to mention directly who it is, but it's going to be pretty obvious once I start talking. So <laughs> All right. uh, he was a Hopi Indian and he uh, we interviewed him in Sedona mm-hmm. and we were interviewing about like the star people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he claimed to have killed a skinwalker on the res at his. <laughs> what was happening? On the res. Uh, where <laughs> Just. <laughs> All right. A- okay. All right. She she didn't expect me to be that authentic. Um, <laughs> so familiar on the res, you know. Well, okay. Go ahead. I've been I've been around the world. I've seen some things. So he he killed the flesh peddler. Then what happened? Yes. Not the flesh peddler. That's that is way worse. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Back into see my how, story. See how fast that happens. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. He. He uh, <laughs> apparently like their reservation was being uh, like terrorized by this skinwalker mm-hmm. for years. And to the point where uh, this man claimed he had had members of his family killed by it. <clears throat> yeah. Like and 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 I think he even claimed that it attacked him at one point. He ended up uh, killing it. But I can't remember how that went about happening. I think we have pieces of this interview on ca- on camera um so somewhere maybe i can try and track them down and maybe we can include it in this episode if i can find them um but but he brought the box that supposedly had the arm that they chopped off this thing wow. after the, after they killed it uh i just didn't want to look inside Did anybody look at it that was jason Eudis may have um i don't think anyone else did well shannon was there shannon might have i don't know I don't remember. I was too busy trying to shoot a movie. I was like, "Ah, skinwalker arm. Who cares?" <laughs> and you said so, it, it smelled. Yeah, it reeked. Yeah, so it, there was something. It was it was, dead it was in there. rotting something. Yeah, wow, for sure. Um, but they they had he had other stories about skinwalkers terrorizing, you know, the members of his family and the reservation and stuff like that. And apparently, I believe he told us that there are like very specific members of the tribe who are sort of tasked with handling those situations as well. So is that true? I don't... Makes sense. Okay, great. I don't remember reading anything about a specific watch for... Yeah, I mean, there's a... There's a complex set of, you know, knowing who the skinwalker is. Mm -hmm. And if you do, then there's bad consequences. Like you become a skinwalker or something if you know the identity of another skinwalker. So you can never see them you know if you see them transform or something of that nature it's it's really bad news yeah and they also have the ability to like mind control and things like that are there different rules for different native tribes when it comes to the skinwalker because that was what i was a little unclear on every some of the stuff i read said they're witches Uh, most of the stuff i said said the red said that they're witches but then I was reading this other thing where they had to be born into it. It's like this thing that you're born into and then you are taught as you grow older. So I was unclear. And there was also an element of like a curse yeah, so associated with it. <clears throat> a lot of what I read, they were they would call them witches or whatever. But then there were some that the way they described how they came about having those powers is that they were like medicine men that had achieved mm-hmm. a really high position, like maybe the highest position of that and then used that knowledge in an evil way. Um, and then I've heard of others where they had to commit some sort of taboo, which is where 
this is the story that we talk about in actual beginning of it have come up where cannibalism comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're saying the story at the beginning of Rougarou kind of sounds like Skinwalker stuff? Sort of. Thank you. Also, the red eyes. That was another thing that came up was red eyes while they're in animal form. Mm-hmm. If a light shines upon them as a way to see if something is a skinwalker, which also comes into play in Rougarou. Hmm. For those of you that think it happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to be fair, I don't either. I had to pick a name to sell the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying there are elements that do cross over. It wasn't like you just said Bigfoot. How of the Rougarou? How of the Rougarou? Skinwalker. Yeah. Yeah. But did you come across anything else with? Yeah. That? Well, there. It's true. There's a ton of variation from group to group mm-hmm. that sort of governs the rules of. How you become one? Yeah. Um, what What's at stake if you're even seen by one, or if mm-hmm. one if you learn the identity of who a, a certain skinwalker may be? Um, and like for example, I'm not exactly sure what group this comes out of, but the rules I wrote down were like this: If you see, if you see the face of one, they have to kill you. If you see it and know who it is, they die. Mm. If you see and you don't know who it is, they kill you so you can't find out. So it, it becomes very no intricate. What. Yeah, it is. I mean, basically, you do not want to encounter one at all, if yeah. at all possible. Eyes are very human and bright yeah. red. Yeah, the human or when they're in human form, I read their eyes are more animal-like. Able to take possession of the bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got... Hopi, you mentioned, is one group. Yeah. Uh, Navajo is another. Uh, the Utes of Utah are another one. And the transformation can be from a human to anything, from a wolf to a coyote, bear, or even a bird. Yeah. So it's a huge... Aren't they... <clears throat> usually even the birds are more like a predatory type of bird. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so it's not solely like a wolf or a, or a dogman Mm-mm. creature no. thing. no. So it's something that's carnivorous in a way. And in fact, sort of I mean, you, the more you push into the um, accounts, there's even Bigfoot Sasquatch gets mixed in. Mm. Not necessarily that the, the skinwalkers becoming Bigfoot, but almost as if there's um, they're both acknowledged mm-hmm. and can sometimes become in conflict yeah. with one another. Well, I think very a, strange. A lot of the uh, <clears throat> stories they when they were in their human form would have to wear like the pelts of the animals. Mm-hmm. So in the, on the one website I read, they said that it was, oh, it's like taboo to wear <clears throat> the pelt of an animal. That's like a predatory creature, a bear or whatever in specific tribes, because only the ones that turned to skinwalkers would have done something like that. Yeah. Um, where they were saying other things like, or sheep or something that was fine to wear those pelts, but not <clears throat> a coyote. Or right. Or not, a, not a predator. Mm hmm. So there's some interesting underpinnings to that, you know, having mm. to do with, uh, you know, inflicting death and um, bloodshed and so forth. I, the other thing, too, is that in their like their um, transitional form or even just as a human, they can do some amazing things mm-hmm. like run as fast as a car. Yeah. Jump high. Jump high. Yeah. Things of that, like that nature as well. Um, in the mid 70s, there's actually a case where a lawyer of is on record that this is in the public record that where they filed a lawsuit against black magic. What? 
Yeah, it's um, what they're trying to get to the bottom of was this case. And in his lawsuit, it says, you know, not all witches are skinwalkers, but all skinwalkers are witches. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to, because somebody had put a curse on somebody else. And so they they brought it to a, a legal standpoint where they were trying to figure out legally be tough. is there any case to yeah. be made against <laughs> that um, and how that resolved I don't think it, it went anywhere except yeah. getting it into the public record that you can you know it, you can get in trouble for cursing somebody basically sure. yeah and so that was that was pretty weird just to see it acknowledged at that level you know, and that, that was in the 70s in the 70s That's yeah entertaining <laughs> right <laughs> So, you know, you were talking about ways of initiation. Mm. Um, sometimes that includes things like killing a sibling yeah, or so. a relative. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be a skinwalker, then you would have to take the life of somebody close to you. Yeah. So, that's, you know, again, pretty, pretty fearsome. The, uh, what you've got going on there is to uh, the effect of belief on human health. Because in a certain way, the, the skinwalker is like the uh, negative flip side of the medicine man. Right. So there's yeah. this back and forth push and pull because we were talking like earlier on about can anyone do anything about the skinwalker and the medicine man really can. They're trained mm-hmm. in similar things, but it's a matter of who do you, for what motive do you use these right. things that you've been taught. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm, I'm curious if either of you have heard about the... Is it The Witch Purge of 1878? Yes. Okay, there's a book. There's one, one. book. There's one freaking book, and it's going for $1,200 on Amazon. Yeah. It's only 35 pages long when I clicked on that earlier. Oh. It looked like it was very short. Okay. But, but somehow it ties to the Skinwalker stuff. Yeah. Do you know what The Witch Purge was? Yeah, so from <laughs> what I... <clears throat> what little that was out there to find, it was whenever the uh, federal government had pushed the Navajo out of their original place in Arizona, I think, to New Mexico. And they went, they had they walked the whole way. It was part of the long walk of the Navajo, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they had to go anywhere between 250 and 450 miles to this new place. Along the way, people were dying. Um, and then when they got there, they, they were sick. They, there was poverty. Livestock was not being, um, it wasn't thriving. And so as part of a culture that believes in witchcraft, um, I think what happened was it became easy to pin some of these horrible things on witchcraft. And so there were, I forget how many that I read, <coughs> uh, witches that were killed um, as a part of purging. Yeah. More than 40 witches. I feel is like the it was, number yeah. that I saw. Yeah, see, Mark knows what's up. More than 40. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and I think that that's what all of that was, just in that specific year. Um, it's a very difficult I've never heard of that I'd never heard of it either and I actually found a website that mentions that that's the only that book was one of the only places where it's even mentioned Mm. that there it's referenced in Hunt for the Skinwalker in one of the later chapters Mm -hmm. by Kelleher and Knapp I've heard of it I'm familiar yes so he he cites that book yeah as uh, you know as a story that talks about within the the culture itself Mm -hmm. that there can be blame shifting and scapegoating Mm -hmm. a lot. And that, that again, that that can sometimes relate to the health of the overall people, the the agriculture, Mm -hmm. when something goes wrong, it's human nature, find someone to blame. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so yeah, it's, that's pretty striking. You know, it's really wild. And again, 
looking into this, there is the, the United States Public Health Service actually has partnered uh, with, I believe it's Navajo Nation, in uh, clinical studies about indigenous um, like natural treatment mm. and, uh, from a medical standpoint. And by doing so has shown that a lot of what they do works yeah. to make people better. Yeah. And that's continuing. That's that ongoing. Cool. Yeah. So it, it just gives you a sense of the, it's sort it's um, not any one thing in indigenous culture, you mm. know, to say that it's good or bad or light or dark, you know, right. there's, there's different levels of this. And a lot of it goes back to the motive of the person using that. Like, are they trying to hurt or harm or are they right. trying to help somebody? It right. seems like Skinwalker gets ascribed when it comes to like modern times, Skinwalker gets ascribed to anything. And I'm talking f- f- from the perspective of, of, people specifically in like the desert or like the Southwest desert areas that any animal attack can be a skinwalker. Like that, what I, that was from what I was reading online, like a coyote will go into a pen and destroy a bunch of rabbits and someone will come out and be like, it must've been a skinwalker. Cause I don't know what else would have done this. Right. I don't know if you guys discovered that kind of thing, but it seems like it's almost become a cultural kind of like, almost like what we're going to do next with like Chupacabra where they ascribe that to, any animal attack could be like a skinwalker. I mean, that would make sense. And also anything that would look abnormal a little bit, like if there was a maybe a coyote or a wolf or something that would be larger than what you're used to seeing, it would probably be easier that that was a skinwalker if you had that belief system. Because mm. that's sort of what happened with Skinwalker Ranch, right? I'm confused about Skinwalker Ranch and Skinwalker. Other than that wolf, the wolf connection early on, what the heck was going on there that they decided that was well, this, going to get that Yeah, the moniker. way that, that that name ended up connected to Skinwalker Ranch mm-hmm. is um, just the, the cultural history of the area, mm-hmm. but doesn't really have to do with anything that happened on the ranch per se. Mm-hmm. You know, especially from NID's standpoint, the group that was there researching, they weren't drawing any conclusions based on who named yeah. it Skinwalker Ranch? Well, it goes, I don't know, but it goes back to um, like rock carvings and stuff in that area uh-huh. and just location to the Uinta Basin and mm. the Ute tribe mm. and their stories about Skinwalkers. Yeah. I think more than anything is just proximity to the ranch and those stories and the fact that there's like a supernatural or seemingly occult. Sure underpinning to it but there there really when you look through the whole story there's not one event that happens where Mm -hmm. anyone really said this is the result of a skinwalker it was just a mishmash of all these strange things happening yeah there's a ton of stuff because they lost they lost livestock then you've got the ufo activity yep um we even talked with someone when we did night visitors who had someone come over who had studied skinwalker ranch and one of the things that she brought up was a change in the electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess it'd be easy to say with all of the weird location culturally <clears throat> what's going on there to call it Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe somebody will tell us in the comments. And there's this, <laughs> please. You know, and going back and forth between tribes, I mean, that's the thing when you look into this history that mm-hmm. there's just this long history of conflict yeah. and, and back and forth fighting. Like the Ute tribe 
thinks that Skinwalker's uh, presence in Uinta Basin goes back at least 15 generations. It has to do with some, uh, like a Navajo curse that was put on the Ute tribe. Yeah. That ultimately explains that. Um, And to this day, I mean, there's, I think it is Kelleher Knapp writing in uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker says they wanted permission to search through a certain part of the Uinta Basin. They were denied that permission by the tribe because the stated reason was if you do that, you might stir up skinwalkers. Hmm. We don't want you to do that. So, so what does that mean? Though? Do How can you stir something up? What if it's a person? It's a person that shapeshifts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once well, they if you be- walk onto their land, they don't want you there. You've stirred them up. Okay. I think that's what All right. was indicated. All right. <laughs> and then they could be in trouble for letting you right. land. Okay. It just seems fuzzy. The details of this whole thing seem so fuzzy to me compared to something like a Wendigo, which seems fairly straightforward as to how they're supposed to function and all that. Like a skinwalker is a shapeshifter that, what, what is their purpose? Kill, steal, destroy, make your life miserable. Yeah, terrorize. All right. You're, you, you know, typically, cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's driven by revenge generally. Okay. Somebody does something to your family, your tribe, you want to get them back and do it in a way that like scorched earth, mm. become a wolf, you know? And then the problem with that, of course, is that that's going to destroy you. Yeah. But it, it, there's, a, I think there's a cautionary tale element to all of this because generally speaking, Nobody wants to see a skinwalker. No one wants to say the word yeah. or be near this. Um, and it, it's, it stands as a symbol for, I think, the very worst parts of human nature, yeah. ultimately. You know, it, it's a way of, by telling these stories, it's sort of like their indirect messages don't seek revenge. Yeah, and don't be corrupted by whatever knowledge you may have. Right. Do you have modern day accounts? I do. Like, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, What's weird is how strange they get. Uh, in 1983, there was a family of four in a truck. They were all of uh, Caucasian background, driving through a large Navajo reservation in New Mexico along Route 163, which you can Google map, and it's all there. Uh, they felt that they were being followed. They rounded the bend the atmosphere changed. The principal witness said it seemed like time slowed down and then something leaped out of the ditch at the vehicle. Uh, this something was a black in color, hairy. It was eye level with the cab of the pickup truck, so fairly tall. And it wore a white and blue checkered shirt and long pants. Oh. So yeah. it just shifted. Evidently. Yeah. Or its arms were raised in the air, almost touching the top of the cab and looked like a hairy man, but not an ape. He was doing the raise the roof <laughs> as he was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <don't> know, right. <laughs> so the, the figure had uh, yellow eyes in this case mm-hmm. and had an open mouth. And it, it, it wasn't that clear as to whether it had fangs or just teeth. Yeah. So the story doesn't stop there, though, because a couple days later... Uh, at home in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, the family woke up to the sound of loud drumming outside of their house. And they looked out, saw three dark forms outside of their fence that lined their property. And it seemed like these dark figures 
would come up to the property line and come up to the fence even, but could not make it through the, the property boundary as if they were trying to and something was keeping them out. So, yeah, and then they begin to chant in the dark uh, out there, but were not able to get into the home. Uh, the daughter in this family contacted a Navajo woman who visited their property and home and said that the intruders had been skinwalkers and that they were drawn to the family's power, was the quote. Wow. She didn't elaborate on what that meant, and they didn't ask. I don't yeah. think they kind of <laughs> probably didn't want to know yeah. too much. They're drawn to the family's power and intended to take it. And the Navajo woman performed a blessing ceremony in the home. They were never bothered again. Wow. And it, it, it a couple times throughout this report, it was indicated that this is highly unusual. I mean, this is not typical of a skinwalker situation or case where there's this type of of exchange between cultures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the, the Navajo, the Hopi, the Ute stories are within the tribe or or the farthest out it goes is intertribal, but right. usually not from Caucasian right. white to right. Native American. And there were multiples too? Yeah. That's at least three. They, yeah. <clears throat> I, I thought of, I, I had a great joke I was going to make when you were talking about the drumming and a call back to the spirit box band being in the yard. <laughs> Didn't want to interrupt. It's Phil Collins. <laughs> I mean, it was 83. He was getting ready for his solo <laughs> career. It's the beginning. <laughs> uh, I've, okay, so there's a site called Cult Nation, but they're pulling articles or accounts from a site, a reputable site called Creepy Catalog, and they have one called On the Res. What is happening? <laughs> Look, this is serious. Yeah, I get it. On the res, sure. alone at night. My uncle and cousin saw a large deer on the side of the road. When they got closer, it hopped over the fence like a bipedal man. One time, driving back from Gallup, my dad... To... <laughs> <laughs> a quadrupedal man. Okay. Uh, okay. One time, driving back from Gallup, my dad saw an old Navajo woman walking on the side of the road. When he slowed to offer her a ride, she took off into the plains quickly with inhuman speed. Once, one, she might have had like a souped-up jazzy. He didn't mention. Mm. Like, Once when I was a kid, my family was at my aunt's house, which is in a rural secu- secluded, secluded area, when we were toyed with by a few entities. Are you just reading multiple stories yep. right now? Well, okay. it's all from one person. <laughs> they would make animal noises. And when we looked to the direction from which the noises were coming, they would turn a flashlight on and off. The noises would come from all directions in increasingly shorter succession. Usually when I'm there on the reservation visiting, alone late at night, I won't feel the presence of evil and dread. Panic and paranoia will wash over me. And as sudden as it comes, it will leave. Those accounts are all... Those are not the best accounts. I I picked the wrong one. I I was supposed to go with three and I went with two. And every account in there just sounds like they're... they're like he saw an old woman on a jazzy um, and a deer. The deer, the deer is That's... unexplainable. I've never seen a deer running on two legs like a man. <laughs> have you ever seen? No, no, I've not. It reminds me of like the stories of a not deer or something. It's a deer, but not quite. 
Oh, that's the naughty deer. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, you guys can there's that whole. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, there's a bunch of YouTube videos of old women out in the desert. I mean, it's like a subgenre almost. What? Where, yeah, it's like. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, and she she was like hunkered down yeah. and sc- yeah, scurrying along, <laughs> right, right, and it plays on those weird juxtapositions of just seeing something where it shouldn't be, like right, old lady shouldn't be out in the middle of the desert walking around. There's something's not right there. What? And it's troublesome. Just What's funny? <laughs> the idea of an old lady walking around in the desert. Uh, in that video, I remember that very. Clearly, I don't know why they were so scared either. That it was like police officers or something that mm. were screaming. I'm sorry, but scurried. if I was in the desert and saw an old woman at night, I'm done. As, as a police officer, as a police officer, she's getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wow. check it out. Uh, check out American Sheriffs for more information <laughs> on this. <laughs> maybe, maybe the sheriff did that, and that's why he's no longer with us. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're um, telling an inside joke so that three, <laughs> four people in this room understand. There are only four people in the room, too. Yes, and he walked like a man, <laughs> bipedally. Um, yeah, the sheriff and the deer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they were racing. Uh, yeah. uh, one thing that I wanted to ask, going back to your story of the three driving yes. outside the property lines. Yes. Did you see other stories where they needed, like... I don't know. It just reminds me of like a vampire needing permission to enter your home. Did you yeah, see no. other ones where they, they're... No, I haven't seen... No, to answer your question. And they said how unusual it was Yeah. that this is just not standard. But for whatever reason, I, what's implied, I suppose, is that they were they shouldn't have seen what they saw in that first experience. And there was some way in which they had to pay for mm-hmm. running across that yeah. moment of whatever transformation was going on. Oh, well, and that's all I can it's not take away from it. You ran no. up against the truck. No, right. <laughs> right. Are there, wrong place, are there, wrong time. Yeah. Is this, is our skinwalker solely Southwest desert? Are they, is it mentioned anywhere else in, in the United States? Why? I'm glad you asked. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, done, where we're going yeah. with this. <laughs> yeah, there is, um, here's a, number of places that uh, the Ute tribe has historical ties to. And they include... Get ready. The Uinta Basin, of course, Dulce, New Mexico, Sedona, Arizona, Yakima, Washington. <coughs> wow, we've been there. I was violently ill. Mm-hmm. Why and the though? San Luis Valley in Colorado. What? San Luis... You were too busy laughing no. at me. No, you missed a t- I heard a San Luis Valley, Colorado. We just filmed. <laughs> And these are often tied. Nope, never mind. Nope. <laughs> I, I got confused. My, I was about to mention research for the next episode. So oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Animal mutilations, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is it is largely southwestern, mm-hmm. but it's gone up the coast, mm-hmm. you know, as far as Washington and also then Colorado. But the, the common denominator is not so much the region as it is the... Uh, the fact that you're talking about a reservation, you're talking about Native American presence in the area. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to have in order for skinwalker stories to abound. What do they eat? Well, that's a good question. Thank you. I, because much like the chupacabra, mm-hmm. 
they there's a tendency to uh, kill something but not consume it. Mm-hmm. And if anything, to drain the blood, but that's as far as it goes. So whether the, the draining of the blood is to consume the blood or is it you just you bite something around the jugular vein and it bleeds out is anyone's guess. But it's it's tough to say. I don't think I don't know that the skinwalker is motivated by eating necessarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just eat while they're human. Mm-hmm. And that is the ultimate demented aspect. The skinwalker. What? He's not interested in eating. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. He would never go to a Fuddruckers. Yeah. Means. <laughs> Full circle. Around. Full <laughs> circle, guys. Yep. <clears throat> uh, what else do we need to get to here before I start to wrap us up? Well, there is the new book about that has Skinwalker in, in the, the title. title. Oh, the Pentagon new. one. Yeah. By James Lakatsky, Colm Kelleher, and George Knapp, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, which has nothing to do with Skinwalker. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way in That's which. That's the hot new marketing ploy. I've huh. heard. Yeah. You've heard? I've heard about now here, it. Here's the, the point of connection the way in which I suppose you could say that Skinwalker is used here validly is that in the story that's told, a lot of these um, intelligence agency workers got their hands on copies of Hunt for the Skinwalker. And so while they were off on these other, um, you know, covert activities and so forth and working on behalf of the government, places like Iraq, they were reading Hunt for the Skinwalker, passing copies around and saying, do you guys think there's anything to this? And so that led to some of these guys, like Jonathan Axelrod, for example, having an interest in unexplained subjects and getting them onto Skinwalker Ranch relatively recently, having their own experiences. And that's that. the creepiest element of the new book is the fact that all these um, researchers who were invited to come on to the Skinwalker Ranch, almost all of them had something, quote unquote, follow them home. So that, you know, they went there in the case of Axelrod and a couple other guys who showed up there. And this is detailed in the first couple of chapters of the book. They were only there for like a grand total of 10 to 12 hours. They saw something strange, which resembled sort of a black negative space. Not quite a portal, but more like just a a, like a gravitational pull towards nothing. Mm -hmm. And then once they got home, I think Axelrod's home is Virginia stuff started to happen in his house. First to his wife and kids, uh, his wife and and both of his boys saw a dog man outside of their house and they live in suburban Virginia, hmm. like not that far out of Washington, D.C. Hmm. So these, and they weren't the only ones, like everyone on that team had something follow them home and, and almost poltergeisty sometimes in hmm. nature. So hmm. it, it really is, it's quite a read and it, ties in in weird ways to the Tic Tac case and uh, the um, the governmental interest in this topic. And Senator Harry Reid was instrumental in getting funding and getting people to look into these topics. And where they're at right now, according to the book, is that all of that is not happening. So the question is, will the government ever green light another study like that again? Hmm. It's an open question. Skinwalkers. You know them, I know them, we all love them. Uh, This was another episode of Monstropolis, the greatest paranormal show 
on the planet. Voted unanimously <laughs> by everyone. In this room. On, not in this room. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, My give mom us would a vote. Yeah, oh. if, if your mom or vote. dad vote, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you want to leave a rating and review on iTunes to back up my claim just now, please do. You can send mail to monsteropolismail at gmail.com. That's it, I think. Watch the show on YouTube. All right. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>